0: Hey! Welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? Today we're privileged to talk with my husband, Jonathan. In this episode, we'll find out why it's good to check your motivation for saying yes, discover how too many activities actually affects our kids, and we'll hear some more wisdom about living long from one of my favorite books. This is episode 47. Here we go. Well, thank you, Jonathan, for talking with us, being with us again today.
1: Thank you again for having me.
0: And thank you, listeners, for tuning in this week. Just wanted to give a quick update. We're still shooting for a hundred reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you aren't sure how to do that, basically you search for Sunday Afternoon Mama, tap on the artwork once you get there, and then just scroll down till you see ratings and reviews. And it takes literally one minute or less to just tap how many stars and um, hopefully five. (laughs) And then that will add another rating to our podcast, which would be amazing. And it really helps other mamas find it and hear about it and know that it's a good show that they should listen to it's like worth their time (laughs) now this whole year in season two we are diving deep into 12 characteristics of a sunday afternoon mama this current topic we are exploring in the month of september is choices a sunday afternoon mama makes choices that are wise for her family and her own health recognizing that sometimes she has to guard her white space and by that i simply mean doing nothing Of course, you may have to wipe up a spill or make your bed or take a shower, but I mean the extras, the things you don't have to do in order to live. Right now, we're going to explore more of what it means to say no in order to say yes to things in life. This is really complex and sometimes difficult to navigate as mamas and dads, since we have a dad with us today. But if we add and add and add to our plates, we'll be so overbooked that we won't have any room to breathe. Our kids will feel the pressure of a tightly booked schedule as well, and we may find that we ourselves are tense, edgy, and rushed all the time instead of being able to have healthy breaks, downtime, and white space in our days. This is something that doesn't come easily to most of us. For me, I find that I want the white space. I deeply desire it, and I thrive best when I carve it out, but when I get excited and in a flurry to do things or see people and fill my calendar with a little too many activities and get-togethers, It's not long before I crash. My body becomes exhausted. I get sick. I feel run down or I just get grouchy. Don't say amen too quickly, babe, (laughs) because you know know that I do.
1: Yeah, it it happens. (laughs) Happens to the best of us.
0: Yeah. When I was single, I literally had three jobs, three different roles that I was that I was doing, and I didn't think anything of it, even though my close friends and family were like, um, maybe this is a little too much for you. (laughs) I pushed myself in school and in work, and before I met you, babe, I was starting to crash down and feel the weight of it all. The main problem with not keeping white space in our days is that when any kind of sickness or stress or pressure comes on us, we'll break something will give. Either our relationships will suffer, our health will cave in, our mood will tank, or our general thoughts will feel overwhelmed and stressed. In extreme cases, you'll hear of a person who was so wrapped up in their career and busy lifestyle that as soon as they hit retirement, they literally have a heart attack and die, which is just so tragic. Or a married couple will cram and cram and cram things into their life, hit a rough patch with extra tension or stress, and they'll just break and hit rock bottom and give up. So what about you, Jonathan? Has this concept of white space been easy or hard for you, do you think, like throughout your life? Even like single versus married versus married with kids and career and all of that.
1: I mean, there are definitely seasons and there's different tensions that pull on you. And some tensions uh, fight against different tensions in different ways. I mean, an easy example is work and life. Mm -hmm. being at the office versus being at home with your children but sometimes it's not so linear it may be three-dimensional or feel like even four dimensions Mm -hmm. where you're getting pulled in multiple directions and every time you go closer to one thing things fall off your plate somewhere else so you're trying to stay as close to the middle to keep the plate balanced almost to keep the plate spinning like they do on those on the tv shows Uh it can be very difficult and there's different seasons so you were talking about overwhelming yourself when you were single you know and that's that's a different sort of thing than when you when you have young children versus when you have older children, especially if they're inclined to do sports or any other after school activities, especially if you have to drive them mm-hmm. back and forth to that, or if you live in a region where you may need to drive them on weekends to... Uh, Compete, which could be in music or in sport or in debate. I mean, there's things where you drive all over. Ski teams, in particular, you know, where you'll spend the whole weekend traveling, and by the time you get back to work on Monday, the poor parents are dead, (laughs) and the kid is exhausted from having to do their homework in the in the back of the car. Skiing's great, don't get (laughs) me wrong, but there's just a ton of tensions at every level. How you balance those can be difficult, um, and keeping a healthy amount of of room or ability to be flexible for those of you that are list people Mm -hmm. sometimes not crossing things off your list maybe your best friend learning also to read other people are you overwhelming your kids or your husband or your wife or or your parents If you're around them, Mm -hmm. um, they might overwhelm you probably more easily than you them. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons to be flexible and have the ability to say, "Okay, we're going to go ahead and go home and watch a movie tonight. Or we're just going to sit around in the yard that needs mowed and not mow it Mm -hmm. and watch the kids ride bikes.
0: We've totally done that, by the way, because sometimes I'll be like, oh, there's a couple more things on my weekend to do list. And. You're really good about being like, well, take a step back and think about how we're all feeling and how we're doing. And it's better that we rest and we can always do that another time. You know, like usually things aren't urgent. If you need that break, if you need that white space, it's good to it's good to honor that and just make it happen. Or you're gonna find that you might crash in a few days. (laughs) You know. Well
1: there's always another project. Yeah. You can (laughs) always improve the house. You can improve your work. Yeah. I mean, there's always improvement to be made. So you're pacing yourself. I was at a thing the other day and they talked about it's an ultra marathon, not a marathon. Mm. So it's like life or life. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah um it was industry specific but basically life ultra marathon not a marathon as in you know this isn't just some quick three and a half hour run till you die type of thing this is a four day no sleep 300 miles straight sort of event i mean it just it goes and goes and goes and you have to refuel along the way yeah it's not some big event we prep for it's certainly not a hundred meter sprint that you just sprint for this is literally what we i mean It's a long go. It's an endurance race. Mm -hmm. This is about getting to mile 135 and realizing I now have a 9,000 foot incline to go up because I have to peak this mountain at the end of this race, Mm -hmm. which is more tuned to life than running around a nice even track.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think our culture and our society around us contributes to this pressure we put ourselves under, especially the fact that it kind of values that busyness? and sometimes really doesn't honor white space and sabbath rhythms to our weeks you know
1: i think culture is very strong in this right now and I've been lucky I've lived in a few different cultures Mm -hmm. um, as well as we all live with multiple generations Mm, so we can see different cultures within our same culture Um, in uh, ancient Tuscany or different types of cultures where there's still some more strength in the older cultures it's easier to see the differences between you know grabbing your kid from school and running them to three different practices and then they have skills practice and they have shooting practice and they have dribbling practice and they have to go to ballet and it's 9pm when they get home versus you know the old school sit around the piazza, have a food show and kind of hang out sort of world. Now, with that said, even in Tuscany itself, that is very much a dying breed. Think of your grandparents and how they lived versus how we live. That's That's somewhat what I'm speaking about. So if you went there today, good luck even finding that there. But, you know, getting out and relaxing and enjoying some of the simpler things, Mm -hmm. you know, really can help you out in life. And culturally, we don't necessarily value or place a value on, oh, good job getting out and enjoying it. And We might say good for you on Instagram, but we're really saying nice Instagram picture or I'm slightly jealous.
0: Right. Well, I feel like, too, as you're talking right now, I think because we value, our culture values hard work and being industrious and being productive and having something to show for your work or your efforts throughout the week, that the idea of or the notion of resting and not accomplishing something in quotes you know is actually it's not looked down on but it's definitely not praised as much do you know what I mean so resting if it's like what'd you do this weekend um oh we sat on the front porch and you know if it didn't have a lot of you know kind of a flashy answer with a lot of activity and flurry I think it does get a little bit looked down upon. You know what I mean? It, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I feel like our culture is so, it's great that we are so industrious and we want to work hard and advance in our careers and all this. But I think that's almost to the detriment of our health and our rest and our rhythms of like slowing down and recognizing, hey, the family needs to just chill right now, you know?
1: it be a difficult balance. Yeah, and it's tough. some people... You know, pay the price. Work, yeah. work, work, and then they finally hit the golf course at seventy and have a heart attack. Right, like not, I was saying, yeah. Not just because they're quitting work, yeah. but because their body is so strained yeah. from fifty straight years of just intense pressure.
0: Mm-hmm. And the pace, yeah, maybe I being mean, intense.
1: It is an ultra marathon. But you know, if we want to go back to the original story of the very first ever marathon, you know, there's in different versions of that. The guy dies at the end. Right. <laughs> he runs himself right Which into the grave. A little
0: concerning because you know you've got a marathon coming up. <laughs> But no, I was thinking too about choices, right? That's what this whole month is about on the podcast. And we only have control over our own actions, not others. When others make requests or even demands of us, that's a whole other layer of, I think, what makes it complicated to make sure we have white space in our lives. So when that happens and someone's like, can you do this or can you come to this? We must pause and think and choose wisely what we say yes or no to. So I was thinking and pondering some of the reasons we overcommit to things in life and in our schedules, I think the first huge reason can be family pressure. We have to be at, you know, so-and-so's birthday, even if we're sick or exhausted or whatever. No, that's not necessarily the case, you know. Um, you can say no to this time. You'll make another event next time. Forced obligatory functions or situations that aren't healthy, in fact, maybe toxic to your family. It's okay to kind of bow out gracefully. And side note, don't ever lie about those types of things, like not even a little white lie. It'll bite you. It'll come back to bite you later, right? We just, if we want to be honest and we want to be truthful, so we just are like... Mm, nope, (laughs) you know, and just, you don't even have to give a long drawn out reason. We've talked about this before, but so family pressure, and I don't mean just your immediate family. I mean, extended family and people you don't know as well, but it's like, oh, but you're related and it's so important and there's all this pressure. But if you have a, even a moderately big family, that, that can be a lot of things, a lot of events. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, just navigating just pressures from all kinds of family. I mean, extended and in-laws and everybody like all around us. Yeah, and
1: large and small have can yeah. be pressured as well. Yeah, I'm blessed to be from a large enough family that you cannot make every birthday. Right. Get invited and you're just like, I'm sorry, I can't go to 26 different right. family birthdays just right. for my side alone this year. I can't year. afford it.
0: <laughs> can't <Yeah>. afford
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to afford it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's a bit of a blessing because then you realize, you know, little Jimmy doesn't, you know, he may... Be a little bummed if we're not there, but I might be bummed that we did if we don't get him a gift.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: He may notice that. (laughs) But if you're from a smaller family, it, it may even be worse. Less events, more pressure to go. Yeah. But I mean, sometimes it's like I'm completely exhausted. I've been working a lot of extra hours because we had a big project or I'm an accountant and it is coming on tax season, I can't go to a birthday party. That's completely fair.
0: My big thing too, my perspective is about pressure from family or friends. I should throw in friends too, because that definitely happens. If you have a good friend or a family member that truly knows you and loves you, they're going to understand You know what I mean? They're gonna think that's a bummer and I'm sad that I can't see you this time, but I know you'll make the effort next time. You know what I mean? So if we are honest and above board and just really pray for wisdom about saying yes and no to these types of things, um, I can remember lots of times throughout the years of our marriage so far too, where we've thought, okay, we really wanna go and how do we do this? But it's just, we try to navigate that with a lot of careful prayer and thought. It always works out. There can be a nice ebb and flow and a nice rhythm to attending these types of events as long as you really, you know, don't put that pressure on yourself and don't feel forced into something, you know, that if you're, especially when you've got young kids, there's so many times where it's like, oh no, you know, the baby has a slight fever or the toddler is sick and we have to kind of divide and conquer. We've done that too. Sometimes that's a nice healthy compromise where the healthy members of the family could just go and then that other half who's not feeling so great or is really sick, just stays home. Okay, let's keep moving on. I think another reason we get caught up in this trap of busyness and a lack of white space is just plain old pride. (laughs) Even just like comparing competing silently with other mamas. It's ugly. It's not fun to admit, but it's probably been a thing for all of us at some time, one time or another, feeling like you have to be awesome at every little thing, even at great cost to your family or your own health and peace of mind. You know what I mean? I, I know you're not, obviously, have the exact same perspective I do, but what do you think about that, the pressure on moms these days as far as like what you see being a, a dad? I
1: think it's a different pressure than it was just a few years ago because of the window into other people's lives that um, social media has given us, mm-hmm. though mindfully it is a curated yeah. window where yes. great photographers or people with nicer cameras uh, or a combo of the both right. do definitely get rewarded or people that are good at curating versus just showing reality. Reality, you know, clean us one spot of the house and take a beautiful <laughs> picture. You know, it adds pressure to wow, look at my house versus how beautiful this place always is. Yeah, Th- that may not be the reality. Yeah, and then also there's different levels of different levels of housekeeping, different levels of being mom, different levels of how athletic your children are. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were not athletic, your husband's not athletic, <laughs> and you pressure your kids like crazy so they can get a college scholarship, it's still unlikely to happen because there is some level of genetics involved, right? or even if you are genetically inclined right your kid may not be emotionally or mentally yeah i not care at all their life won't be defined by yeah. what happens so letting it go and just relaxing about it I have some good friends who yeah. are both parents are professional athletes mm. and one of them is more inclined to see their children be an athlete than the other but the more famous of the two is like i could care less i just yeah. want to see what they're going to be like as a person yeah and the attitude is just like oh, that's, that's amazing.
0: That's awesome. Um,
1: and the pressure off those kids to now be a professional athlete or not mm-hmm. is completely taken because the parents are like, you know what? I just want to see you succeed. How can I, how can I help? Yeah. And, uh, that's a rare attitude, but I mean, that's some kind of,
0: I have a lot of respect for that. Yeah. yeah. That attitude's awesome. And laying it's not down, one of
1: pride and it's not yes, where you're pressuring your children based on your own pride. Yeah. Because let's face it, how many kids are going to play college sports, let alone pro sports? Right. You know, let them do what they love. Let their life be defined by what they're good at.
0: And who they become, like Mm -hmm. who they are. Yeah. What do you think about fear, just being nervous and fearful? Um, Do you think that motivates us to to stay busy and to just fill our lives with things, say yes to everything. You know what I mean? A fear of like, oh, if I say no, then this will happen. Or, you know.
1: I mean, there's fear of many things, including fear of missing out. Mm, And that's a buzzword. But people in like the investing community will be like, shoot, am I investing wrong because I'm missing out on all these returns? Right. And the fear of missing out is real at every level. No matter how much education you have, even in that specific thing, and your fear of missing out at home, am I missing out on, are my kids going to miss out if they don't play soccer, right? Or am I going to miss out if I don't have everything perfect because that's what such and such author says to do Mm -hmm. am i gonna miss out if i have 11 pieces in my wardrobe (laughs) that's not a miss out but (laughs) you know fear of not getting it right Mm. fear of not having the the lifestyle like the instagram is curated to be humans are often very motivated by fear of other things Mm -hmm. and that can relate with bride and many other it's just a piece of the puzzle but you know the the fear of missing out and then now seeing oh i'm missing out on this this and this even if it's not necessarily a realistic view of what you're missing out on, yeah, can play, wreak havoc on your mind.
0: Yeah. Um, I think another contributing factor along with fear, it's along the same lines, is just being nervous and insecure. In yourself. Like, if I don't do this thing or be this type of mom, I may be messing up or missing out. Like you just said, people won't know I'm good at this or that or whatever it is. I loved getting to know this mentor um, mom. She's older than me and she has just um, a ton of kids. <laughs> She's just an amazing mom. And she was telling me that literally for the first five years when they were all little, when each of them was up until age five, she didn't commit to anything outside of raising babies and toddlers, not even a Bible study. And I totally get it, and I respected her for it. When we had our third child, and he's two now, um, I've realized more and more how right she was. So just choosing prayerfully and carefully, you know, don't place ourselves under a ton of pressure to quote get back out there. You know, as soon as because that's the thing too. There's so much pressure. Like as soon as you have a baby, it's like how fast can you lose the baby weight? How fast can you do this? How like. Um, you know, and prove to everyone you're a rock star mom, whatever that looks like to you. I've mentioned this book before last fall, I believe, but it's one of my absolute favorites um, by Lisa Turkers. I have several of hers because she's so great. It's called The Best Yes. So I would just go ahead and say, read it now. If you haven't, you will not regret it. Anyways, she says, I blindly live at the mercy of the requests of others that come my way each day. Every assignment feels like my assignment. You need me, you've got me. Because I'm too scared or too cowardly or too busy or too something to just be honest and say, I can't this time. And I love that she just puts that so eloquently. You know, does that sound familiar? Now, I don't know if men struggle with this more or less than women, generally speaking, or if it's like more based on personality types struggle with this more than others. But what do you think, babe, as far as like... When other people come to you with a demand or a request or a pressure on your schedule and your life, you know, what do you, what do you see?
1: I don't see this being necessarily one specific gender mm-hmm. and this pressure can be at home or at work. I spend more time at work than yeah. at home. <laughs> yes. Um, so I know this pressure can manifest itself in work yeah. where people can feel the need to, whether, whether the reason be to please someone or this mm. or that, a lot of people feel the need to, all right, I need to attack this. I need to do this, this, and this, where in reality, it might be particular thing the business needs you to stick to the strategy of the business you yeah. don't have to do everything you have to do what's in the strategy and that's how we're going to grow and if we want to go into the weeds and take care of seven thousand little things right. it's actually contrary to the strategy of the business because we're not spending the time focusing on what matters mm, that's, you know, that's really good easy for me to talk about because it's what i live and breathe <laughs> all day every day but it, it that concept well, at that the house at home. or yeah. wherever else can, can flow through where, you know, it's whether it be pressure or whether it be pride or whether it be fear. I mean, there's lots of motivators. I need to do this, 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 and this. Strategically, you can go to the 80-20 rule because that prevails in most of life. Maybe 20% of what you're doing will actually drive. Right. 80% of the results, you know, how your child turns out isn't because, you know, you vacuum the floor on Tuesday at 7.45 a.m. And mm-hmm. like it's this the bigger picture. You know, keeping that weird. in mind. Tim Ferriss' four-hour work week, so to speak.
0: Yes, I've been mentioning that a lot. It's just got, it's a really interesting read. It's just, that's why I keep talking about it. But just focusing on what really, really matters. And actually, I think for us who are stay-at-home moms, that's actually quite tricky because it's not an official title, a job, a role that you definitely don't get paid for. But you have to show up and like be on and be ready to go and function all day long as you know, a cook, a chauffeur, a counselor, you know, all these things, a teacher and all of these things. I don't know. There's a lot of pressure that we can add onto our plate and our our schedules that may or may not be essential and may not even truly in the end when we reflect back on life, it might not have really mattered, you know?
1: A lot of these things are real, right? I have to do this and I have to do that and I I have to get food on the table. Right. The kid has to eat. I have to make get payroll submitted and I have to submit the payroll taxes. And there's things you have to do. Yeah. But if you focus on getting food on the table and keeping the house tidy, you're going to be missing bigger picture items. There's definitely, you have to look at the bigger picture and step back sometimes and look at, am I spending enough time on what matters? Yeah. Because maybe I need to do a little less good of a job yes. on what doesn't matter. Maybe the house needs to be a 7 out of 10 in cleanliness because I'm spending too many hours on it. Or maybe I'm. if you have physical issues, maybe you need to pay someone to help out with right. the physical portions or pay someone to take care of the outside if you're un, uninclined. Um, or if you just didn't have the cash, maybe you need to let the outside go a little bit and focus on something else. Let go of Netflix or let go of some internet and focus yeah. on time because a, a lot of times I have a feeling time is the limiting factor. What's wasting our time so we don't have time to do this, this, or that? Well, you know, that you can do a time budget, so to speak, or yeah. however you want to view that. I'm sure you've talked about that before.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's another kind of gold nugget for you from Lisa Tukaris. She says, the acid of overactivity eats holes in our souls. Have you seen this to be true? Like for us? And for our kids, just in life, babe.
1: I mean, you don't see burnout from too much relaxation. You see creativity. Doing too much is always a recipe for doing poorly. Or doing what you're doing, you will do poorly. Um, So I tend to think that's going to eat holes in your soul over time if you're not producing to the level of quality that you know you can because you are asked too much is asked of you Mm -hmm. whether that be at home or wherever or far more difficult if it's at home and at work which is very difficult because you rush home and you've been killing it all day and now you have to get dinner on the table because there's no one else that can it's your job to do both that can be unbelievably difficult.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can remember another thing that influences us is sometimes we've said yes so much and that's our normal, like that's what we think is normal, that we lose track of what's healthy and good and more balanced. I can remember at one of your previous jobs, it was kind of like someone even observed, like one of your coworkers was like, I think you've lost track of normal, right? Didn't they say something like that where it was like... It was the CFO of our company. <laughs> oh, said, you don't
1: even know what's normal anymore.
0: Yeah, as far as like hours, working hours, was it mainly? about it was a startup and yeah and
1: it was typical startup world we were very successful startup for quite some time and you can't build without effort yeah put it that way but yeah when you you can lose track of normal and then it's it's a long road back to finding a healthy place yeah but when you're in that even if you feel like oh I could get this it's totally normal at some point your body will let go and you'll become fatigued or you'll Mm -hmm. become burned out Yeah. Um, Which happened to me there where I had a real battle with burnout just from the sheer fatigue of doing Chinese phone call with China at night, finance by day um, and long, long days at that. Not sleeping and working hard all Mm -hmm. day just beat me up so much to where it can become really difficult to stay focused, stay caring.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like when you're over your schedule's overfilled, you become a little rougher on the edges, too. You may not have that patience, and like, especially if you're a mom or a dad and you're with your kids, that can definitely impact your relationship with your kids. And you can like bring them into your stressful world, you know, like you could just be so edgy that they're like, oh, I'm picking up on mom and dad's stress, and they're pressuring me to do all this stuff because they're doing all this stuff. And- I read this really interesting um, article from CBS News, and I'll link all these articles and quotes in the show notes as always, but a new study, this is from CBS News, a new study suggests that kids may need a little more latitude with their free time instead of having their days packed with lessons, sports, and structured activities. They say the more time kids had in less structured activities, the more self-directed they were, and also the reverse was true, the more time they spent in structured activities, the less they were able to use executive function. So I found that really interesting, you know, So, another fantastic benefit to less pressured days in our week is that our kids are going to learn how to be more self-directed and this article was also talking about when preschool moms don't over direct their kids play like I've mentioned this before it's so much better for their children because as they develop and grow it's like if they're just told like play with your car now do you want to go down the slide how about this how about that and we overwhelm them with like all this pressure even when they're just playing at a park or something that can really kind of mess with their growth and development and and just kind of make it more difficult and if we cram 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 activities it's not that activities are bad it's just the amount of activities can be a little bit detrimental to our kids' growth and health another article from psychology today was talking about outside activities being good like they make a child well-rounded the problem comes however when parents over scrutinize their child's performance and the activities and they no longer become fun for the child and then they say, you know, how much scheduling is too much? Well, just ask yourself, is the motivation for this activity coming from me, the parent, or from the child? And that's a really convicting question. Do you like that? I just, I like how that's a good kind of way to pinpoint the busyness and the overcommitting. It's like, is this pressure on my child and our family's schedule because I want this or do they truly love this and this is going to be a good choice for our family?
1: Yeah, I mean, I tend to think that innovation and creativity is learned in that free time and play. Mm -hmm. And there is great value in the unstructured play and the imagination and the the fun little life of being a young child. And later on in life, that's where I believe directly linked to entrepreneurial spirit, Mm -hmm. innovative spirit, um, and things that really provide high value for society and company and hopefully yourself financially. Mm-hmm. Um, not that every innovator gets paid in their day, but I think that the two are linked. And yeah. you can structure your kid right into an accounting manager job, which is a great role. Or you can let them run free and see if they can't come up with the next Apple or next <laughs> yeah. Microsoft or, or just become a you know an innovative person all the way around, a product manager or something, just someone that spends more time doing something more fun, something more musically related, or just something they really love. Um, they're more likely to do that if they're an innovative thinker.
0: Mm-hmm. One more amazing perspective comes from this article, I thought. So the psychologist that was talking was saying, you know, the real problem lies with parents, especially highly successful ones who have a high degree of control over their own lives and who try to take a similar level of control over their children's lives. This leads them to make choices about after-school activities out of anxiety instead of interest in their child's well-being. And he goes, When I was growing up, it was clean your plate because they're starving in China. He said, Now it's go practice your instrument because kids in China are learning violin. (laughs) That was a funny quote. But he goes, Especially with elementary and middle school children, parents should be less fearful that their kids aren't getting ahead and more worried about their overall quality of life. So what do you think of that? I just thought that was a really balanced perspective. You know, are our kids relaxed, playing, eating, learning, sleeping well, you know, notice those things. What do you what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not all about getting ahead. It may be about doing well for yourself. Went to a speech the other day with Carl Lewis. Oh, yeah. a Many, many time Olympian and I can't remember how many gold medals, phenomenal uh, American Olympian. And he was a runt, uh, for lack of a better term, his whole life. So he just hung out and worked on his form because his older sister was a phenomenal athlete. And his parents were like, you just work on your form, Carl. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to be over here, really little guy, kind of running all slow with perfect form. And then he grew and grew a lot of strength and a lot of speed. You know, he was doing what he enjoyed and having fun with it. His parents weren't upset that he wasn't even remotely the most athletic in the family. Yeah, when he was young,
0: mm-hmm. and then look out! Yeah, look, <laughs> look out! out. World. Here comes one of the most
1: successful track <laughs> oh, athletes in American history. That's but, incredible! Uh, you know, he was. His parents encouraged him to be him. Mm -hmm. Do the best he could for him. And they were going to love him for being him. And that's cool. I mean, but you could be the best version of you. They were good. They were big on that. They weren't saying be a slacker. And he had great form for when he did grow and was then able to hit the big times with a phenomenal form factor for his running and jumping in particular. Mm -hmm. They weren't necessarily shoving him against the, the bar was him. Just be the best you could be, Carl, you know? That's that's all we care about.
0: I love that. So along with checking our motivation, another powerful tool we can utilize when it comes to keeping white space is the motivation to hang out with friends and family, you know, just making sure that that's a priority and that we have enough room in our week that we could spontaneously go to someone's house or have someone over or just be outside chatting with a neighbor and not be like, sorry, I gotta run. Ah, like run, 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 busy, busy. So one of my favorite books that I talk about pretty often is the the blue zones book it's all about these regions in the world where people live to well over a hundred years old one of the main takeaways from this book studying these centenarians as they're called one cool trait that many of these people have is choosing to cultivate and nurture solid friendships and relationships with family the author dan says books like bowling alone chronicle how people in the u.s are increasingly alienated from their neighbors on average an american has only two close friends he she can count on recently down from three which may contribute to an increasing sense of stress i would add too if we rush and rush and go from thing to thing every day we will end up neglecting our dearest friends and family and we've all done it i'm sure right which is tragic and will end up causing like dan said even more stress as if any of us need any more if we fail to recognize our human need that basic need for social connections um, and family bonds. We need people who will support us through thick and thin, people we can count on when we're down or we need extra help. But if we were if we were like, okay, Monday is soccer and ballet, Tuesday is Bible study, piano lessons. Uh, Wednesday, I'm leading the parent-teacher meeting and I'm volunteering and I've got this and that. And Thursday is more soccer and my other child's karate class. And then Friday is a work party and a team dinner. And then Saturday, I've got to cram in some errands and grocery shopping and maybe some meal planning. And Sunday is church and more shopping and cleaning the house. But... <laughs> When do we rest? When do we stop? When does our soul breathe? When does our body have a chance to relax and heal? When do we hang out with friends? When do we hang out with family?
1: Well, I'd interject also why. Yeah. You have a lot of wins, but I'm going to say why. Yeah. In the Blue Zones book, which if you haven't read, I'd recommend you read it. It's a phenomenal book, and I'll take you to one of those zones is mm-hmm. Sardinia in Italy, of which Italy is near and dear to my heart. I've never been to Sardinia. Mm-hmm. One of the things they really point out is the family honor that the mm-hmm. elderly people get, and the author points at that as being a major contributing factor in them aging so well and so healthy. However, I do know for a fact Sardinia is phenomenally poor compared Mm. to American standards. So look at, you know, the why. Are you going to be happy along the way? There is a lot of evidence, a lot of studies that show that people in um, countries with far less than in america are still just as happy if not considerably happier than we are in our our ivory towers so to speak and paying for our our uh, lifestyle can cost us dearly if we're doing it at the cost of happiness and the cost of joy and the cost of family love and respect Mm -hmm. the cost of our children the relationship with our children later on down the road and then our grandchildren in sardinia where they are fairly dirt poor a lot of them are shepherds and the grandpas are Grandmas and grandpas are out teaching the grandkids how to do this or that, and they're still out walking five miles a day chasing sheep up and down steep hills, and the grandkids are right there with them and a huge amount of respect, and there's a lot to be said for that, Yeah. but what there's not a lot of to be said for is money. Mm -hmm. Very small bank accounts and houses that are not in great repair, and they're very small. There was a recent article about houses for $1 in Sardinia if Mm. you promise to fix them up, one euro. I thought maybe you and I (laughs) should do it, but it didn't didn't pan out. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, I I love that. I I struggle with this whole concept that we're talking about just as much as anybody, but I am trying to intentionally choose less. Especially this school year, and not commit to as much, even you know, as much as I can. I'm scaling back a little bit each week in order to successfully focus on our two-year-old, because I only have this window of time with him where he's this age, you know, and he's reading reading these cute little books and trying to learn words and singing songs. The other day he came in and was singing Jesus Loves Me. I about melted into a puddle on the floor. <laughs> you know, he's learning and growing, and I want him to turn into this lovely little person. And I need to remember that I am stronger, I'm a better mama when I have have support and I'm able to lean on friends and family and reach out and have a community around me that's cheering me on, I was reminded of the power of friendships and connecting with those around us this summer. So I was going to tell everyone real quick about our neighborhood party that we did and just how had we been too go, go, go this whole summer, like we you know might not have done this. And one of my big summer goals was to have a neighborhood party, just the people right around us in our cul-de-sac and a little bit down the road. And it was incredible. I don't know. Could you just sum up how that experience was for you and how it went? And
1: It was good. I mean, I know of all of our neighbors, but I don't know them all personally. I mm-hmm. know most of their names. I feel like I'm ahead of most of America probably <laughs> right. with that. Yeah. And I certainly don't know them personally, yeah. many of them. And we probably had 30 people here at Ballpark. Yeah. And it was after dinner, so all we provided was a mass amount of dessert and then we ate ice cream for about three weeks afterwards because we may have gotten nervous and overshot the overbought, uh, overbought the ice cream. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'd but, always uh, rather have too much than not enough, right, for a party.
1: <laughs> we have the party six thirty until eight or something. I think is what we'd put on the invitations. Mm-hmm. And the last people were out of here at like nine thirty, nine forty five. Yeah. And I believe it was on a work night too.
0: I think it was a Thursday night. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I mean, great. people were just enjoying themselves, and we had so many people come. Uh, basically, nearly everyone that was invited came. That we had to go. Bar- we borrowed <laughs> chairs from the neighbors, which is super easy because the neighbors were all here. We just walked over and grabbed a bunch. And, yeah. You know, it was it was great fun to get to know people more personally that are around us. And it's like, wow, I'm really happy that we live so close to you guys. You're really great people. Yeah. And You know, it was uh, could have been scary had they not been. I <laughs> guess, but.
0: <laughs> Totally. I know. So one more kind of truth bomb from Lisa that I thought we could discuss before we move into more tips and more of a big takeaway today is that she says, choices and consequences come in package deals. When we make a choice, we ignite the consequences that come along with it. And she's relating that to saying yes to everything and not carving out white space. So I just feel like, ooh, that is so good. And she also goes on to say, not making a decision is actually a decision. It's a decision to stay the same. I can wish away my piles of laundry that need folded and put away, or hope that my kids just get it about what I'm wanting them to do. Or I can wonder if I should get healthier by walking more or whatever it is. You know, would it be better to to go to the gym or walk? But that inaction or indecision in my life, and in my schedule, is in fact an action. It's doing nothing, which keeps things the same. It does us no good to complain, and I'm including myself here, when the power of the choice rests in our hands. And it makes me very uncomfortable to even say that, because I know how many times I've gotten stuck in the icky abyss of indecision, and ending up being like, oh, you know, what am I thinking, you know?
1: Yeah, if we wrap this all the way back to the tensions we talked about at the start, work-life yeah. balance, and then yeah. I talked about it being maybe three or four-dimensional where it's pulling you in every different direction and tensions are fighting against other tensions directly and indirectly. We yeah. have to choose what falls off our plate or what doesn't, choose where we give 70%, which may be good enough mm-hmm. in that general area. It gets the job done uh, and choose where we give 100%. And uh, to, again, to not choose is absolutely to choose. And if things are falling apart around you, and there's nothing you can quote nothing you could do about it that is where you chose to be and these tensions are pulling you like crazy and there's outside sources that bring tensions And they bring pain and they bring a lot of complications. And sometimes it's no fault of yours whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is the consequence of your action, but sometimes it's just consequence of other people's actions fall onto you. And uh, you have to choose where to go and how to balance that. Choose when to say no and choose strategically what actually matters. Yeah. Choose, am I going to choose happiness or am I going to choose to survive or am I going to, I mean, you're making a choice and what you do, even if you follow the path of least resistance is your choice and where you fall in those tensions of work life balance and this, that balance and scheduling balance and white space balance is absolutely a decision that you're going to make. And the result will be a direct consequence of that decision. Mm
0: -hmm. So here are some tips and a takeaway for you when it comes to incorporating some of these ideas into our lives. The first one I would say is to pray for and seek wisdom in all of our decision making. And we've said this many times before, but just get used to even saying the phrase, let me get back to you tomorrow, you know, to other people when they're pressuring you or like, can you come to this thing? And we really want to see you there. I'd really like you to head up this committee or whatever it is. Then you got to just be like, let me get back to you tomorrow and then do it. There's nothing worse than leaving someone hanging on your indecision. So I would definitely say make sure you actually follow through on your word.
1: Or let me get back to you in a reasonable time frame. You yeah. don't always have to say tomorrow. You'd be like, that's you true. know what? This is a big deal and I have a lot coming. I will get back to you in two weeks. Yeah. And then in two weeks, you better I'll well get back to him. Right. But no, it's that's good. okay to do that and set expectations. Hey, I am going to be traveling for a week and I need to think about this. So when I get back, I will think about it. I will discuss it with my spouse or my mentors. And then I will get back to you on this date. Yeah. setting expectations, then following through is completely okay. Even if the person's like, well, I need to know by tomorrow. And like, well, if that's the case, then I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Practice responses, I think, you know, that allow you to, to not say yes in that pressure filled moment. And I would also throw in here about as you pray and seek wisdom that you often have that kind of God-given, almost gut feeling sometimes about these things. Like, you know, if it's too much, a lot of times, like you can kind of, if you step back, put away the distractions and think about it, you know, like, "Mm, I feel a hesitation, you know, and just go with that. The second tip for you is to decide to carve white space and protect it carefully do you have anything to add to that as we have talked about white space today like how to protect that once you've been like this weekend is for rest or this sunday is for family you know how do you how do you do that and stick to it
1: so protecting white space can be done differently and it somewhat depends on if you're a flexible person or a rigid scheduler Um, when you're flexible you have your white space and you seem to make sure you get it in i have something great coming up this weekend it's like oh man that was my down weekend i've been traveling a ton so excited to be home. I need to relax. I'm half sick and I have a bunch of stuff coming, but I really want to, someone gave me tickets to a great game. I, you know, be flexible with that and then cut something else. Just right. look, look at what you yeah. have and adjust. If you're super rigid, plan your white space out, stick to it. I would recommend adding some flexibility.
0: Yeah, that's really good. I know I tend to lean on the side of being more rigid and you are definitely good at being more flexible. So we're good balance. And I think that The more I relax and just like, I know at some point I've got to rest this weekend and make sure that happens. Like you said, I like the idea of give and take where if something comes, you want to do that, that's awesome. But then just adjust, you know, maybe don't stay up super late that night or something if you know you need a little bit more rest. But yeah, the third tip for you is to prioritize time with family and friends each week. Now, some of you listening may not live near any family members or extended family or whatever, and that's okay. So what you could do instead is to call them or text them or FaceTime. I love that we can do that now. Send an old fashioned letter even. (laughs) Plan a trip like we did this summer with my Canadian cousins, you know, you won't regret it. And then if you do live near family, you may have the opposite problem and be thinking like, oh yeah, Hannah, I actually have too much family time and I'm getting stressed out by it. So I, I totally understand both sides. But just learning to say yes and no when it makes sense for your family, and again, never telling those pesky white lies. Just make appropriate, loving efforts to hang out when you need to. Sometimes we do have to do what we don't want to do just to show kindness and to reach out. So don't use this episode, you know, as a cop out, <laughs> please, because I know that that can happen where it's like, hmm yeah, I can't do that. And you really don't have a good reason. You just don't want to. And sometimes we need to go to so-and-so's birthday or so-and-so's this in event, you know, I have mean, you found that? <laughs> there's
1: the the analogy of love as a bank account. Yeah. And if you don't have a very full account, you're going to find that you may have more significant pressure to show up. Whereas if you have a very full account, you'll have a much more leniency. So yeah. love on others, particularly your family or people around you, love on them. And then when you need to make a withdrawal from that account you'll have that available to you you know if you don't have a properly filled account yeah then your family will be irritated with yeah. you even if you are just protecting your white space right so there is a little more to the story
0: Hmm. yep yeah i think just keeping that prayerful attitude will definitely keep our you know our our heart in a good place you know okay here's another tip take note if you or your family is showing signs of stress and strain, and then just scale back a little bit. Take a few things off your plate. So being that it's September, it's still what I consider the beginning of a new school year. You have the opportunity to be careful, to learn from your mistakes or successes of last year, and make better informed decisions than you did before. Like hopefully we're always learning and growing as parents and as people. I don't know about you, but I'm just always trying to grow in the area of choices. And the more that we practice seeking wisdom and take that time to pray about decisions, you know, we'll get, we'll we'll see more positive outcomes and you'll get better. I'll get better at heeding that yellow light kind of cautiony feeling in our souls. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I'd recommend also paying attention to that yellow light in your littles. Yeah. A lot of them have eyes bigger than their tummy when it comes to, oh, I can do soccer and I can do ballet and I can do Oh, I want to do everything. And they start to do it and their little bodies fatigue. Um, and then they turn out to not love everything they're doing, you know. So pay attention to their their little cells, and you may need to drop something midstream if 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 it was stress straining them, because why put strain on a six-year-old for no reason?
0: Exactly. So I thought we could transition into our next segment, which is all about kind of our favorite things right now. And I'm not gonna go, I'm just gonna let you share. So, do you have a few things that you are loving right now?
1: I mean, I think what one of my favorite things right now is just listening to our little two-year-old learn to talk. <laughs> it's just super cute, and he's yeah, a super sweet little boy, yes. and he loves to talk, and he's starting to tell Alexa, the Amazon personal assistant, then, yes. Alexa, do this or play that, and sometimes she'll even figure it out. <laughs> um it's amazon's version of siri yes you're not familiar um but it's just so cute to watch and worth so much more than all the all the moments that come later on these cute little ones that you just want to capture when they have a soft little voice and chubby little cheeks and you know it's it is definitely the longest shortest stage of all of our lives
0: i know can you remember the other day the thing he was trying to tell alexa to do because that could actually kind of morph into our next segment about bunglebee moments where it's these cute moments with our kids right
1: i mean the only time he's really successful is alexa play let it go yeah <laughs> that, that's the one he wins on the rest of them are pretty uh i don't understand what you're saying do you want me to do and then she'll yeah. list off something ridiculous yeah. it's like okay nope. <laughs> no <Nope. laughs> no alexa
0: stop i know yeah he i like my my Bumblebee moment along with this is just that he starts kind of almost shouting at her if he thinks she's not understanding because he's basically like alexa Play, let it go. And if she doesn't get it, he's like, Alexa. And he just keeps getting louder. Like, if I'm louder, maybe you'll understand. This is not hard. Like, I just want to hear my song. Like, I just want to hear these songs. And then he'll also play, he really is into You're Welcome from Moana. Of which
1: you have to say, Play You're Welcome by Dwayne Johnston.
0: Right. You have to say, like, this whole thing. (laughs) But he'll be like, Alexa, play, welcome. And she's like, Of course, she doesn't get that. So it's really funny to watch and to listen. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, we are drawing near the end of this episode and I just wanted to say thank you again, babe, for being with us. And I know people have really loved hearing kind of your perspective and as you've been on the show before. So thank you again for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week, and please, if you enjoy this podcast, click subscribe and make sure to tell a family member or a friend so they can check it out too. Good old-fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. And if you could also take a screenshot when you're listening and share it on any of your social media, that would be amazing as well. Get the word out. Come visit SundayAfternoonMama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better homeless together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye for now, sweet friends.